So what we're going to do here, guys, is the first of what I hope to be many quiet time series. And the first quiet time series we are going to kick off is self-worth. It's going to be out of Isaiah 43, uh, verses 1 through 13. And really just to give you some background on why this passage was brought up is because Something that I did not realize that I struggle with is getting validation from other people. And honestly, it shocked me because I consider myself a very confident person. And I realized after a certain situation that happened a few months back that I look to others to really validate my ideas and validate my worth and kind of shook me and shook me so much where I went to the Bible and uh, I started Googling God's view of me. I started Googling worth because what I was struggling with is, you know, if I'm not going to be looking at other people's opinion of me, whose opinion matters and that's God's opinion. And so as I was going across my search and stuff like that, I came across a lot of scriptures in Isaiah. So I had this bright idea. I'm like, since I'm getting so many scriptures from Isaiah, how about I just read the whole book of Isaiah? And so as I was reading through, I came across this particular chapter and it really spoke to me, spoke to me to a way where I actually broke down a couple of times as I was reading and started crying. And so I want to share this with you guys because just in conversations that I've had with friends and family, I think a lot of people deal with this, but I know I do. And again, like I said, this really shook me up because I really, really, I really consider myself a confident person. I really, really do. I think a lot of people would consider me that. So to be 33 years old and to look back over my life and look at decisions that I've made and that they were, uh, driven by what I thought others may think of me or, you know, fear of stepping out and just being comfortable in my own skin. It really just, it really shocked me. And so I had to get rooted where it was important. And so of course I had to take it to the Bible. And I believe that it's something that many people struggle with. So I wanted to share it with you guys. It's going to be a three part series. We got it broken up in three different episodes and I hope you enjoy. Thanks. So we are here for the first part of our first quiet time um, episode in the quiet time series. And what we're going to be focusing on today is Isaiah 43 verses 1 through 13. And I'm going to mainly be in the NLT translation and um, but I'll let you know if I'm pulling from any other translation so what I'm going to do is I'm not going to read through the whole um, scripture because we really really want to encourage everyone to read the Bible for yourself and even as we're going through this even as I'm saying things this is what the scripture from what I, why I came to this particular passage, 
there is a specific reason why I came to this passage. But as you're reading this on your own, you may feel like, oh, well, something else stood out to me. That's why the, the word is living and active. The word says that the scripture says that the word is living and active. So it's working in all of our lives if we dive into it and allow it to work. So even as I'm reading this stuff, this is what it is being active in my life, how it's being active in my life. So we definitely want to encourage you to read this passage on your own. Isaiah is a great book, so you're not going to be disappointed, but we're going to jump right on in. So let me give you a little background as to why I use this passage as my quiet time. Um, and maybe some of you guys can relate, but, um, I struggle and I really didn't really feel like I struggled too much, but I'm, I'm starting to discover that it's more than what I thought that I really look to other people for their opinions and their validations. I can be completely sold on an idea or a conviction of something, or it could be anything simple and someone could not understand my point of view or not necessarily agree with, you know, you know, they could just disagree and it could kind of shake up my stance on something. And I've started to notice that, um, I started to just notice that honestly. And I didn't really like that because I've always considered myself to be a confident person, a very independent thinking person. And, um, basically, you know, I started wanting to dig into it because I really didn't know how I felt about that, you know? So I started thinking to myself, well, whose opinion does matter? If it's not others, then whose opinion matters? And it's obvious it's God. And so I just started Googling because when I do quiet times and stuff, I just Google like just words like and and one of the things when I when I was googling one of the words that I google was self-worth and you know I pop it popped up a lot of scriptures that refer to that and talk about that and uh what God how God views me and how he thinks that I'm worthy and so as I'm going through these scriptures I realized that a lot of them were coming from Isaiah so because there were so many coming from Isaiah, I just figured, hey, let me just read the book of Isaiah again. So as I was reading, I came across this particular uh, chapter, uh, chapter 43, and the beginning of the chapter, I just, it really spoke to me and it gave me what I was looking for. And so um, what I'm going to do is kind of just take you through my thought process as I'm doing a quiet time in hopes that it may help you. Um, it's actually preaching to me as I'm going through it and, you know, feel free to shoot us questions and things that you have, you know, you were seeing, you saw in this passage and Melvin's going to chime in here and there and just give his idea about it as well. But so let's just get started. My very, my very first point one of the underlining things that I saw in this passage is that he is mine and I am his. God is mine and I am his. And I don't know about you, when I read that, that gives me like extreme comfort. 
And it actually says that. It actually says it down in verse 1. It says, I have called you by name. You are mine. And in the message translation, it says that it has called, uh, I've called you by your name. You're mine. And that means I belong. And I don't know about many of you, but something that I have to constantly work through and constantly be, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? intentional I believe is that um really applying the Bible to myself and making it personal there are times that I can read the Bible and I I, I think that the you know with the stories that we're reading and the people and there and all the things that we read it's nice but sometimes I can forget that God means these things for me and I think one of the things that really stood out about this particular passage is that he talks a lot about you as a person. Like I, you are mine. I created you. I'm calling you. I'm calling all of my sons and daughters from the ends of the earth. I think the scripture says here, I think it was down in verse six. It says, I will say to the north and the south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. That's all of us. That's not just a particular group. That's all of us. And so to read that and to see he is mine and I am his, I belong to someone. Someone thinks that I am worthy. And um, one another thing that I like to do too is I like to define words as I'm going through the Bible. You know, there are times when we can read words and it's kind of like we're going through the motions. We really miss the essence of the word. And in verse one, yes, verse one, it says, I'm going to read that verse. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. That word stood out to me. And I was like, ransom, like, I know what that means, but let me go and define it. So I went to the dictionary and it says a sum of money or other payment demanded or paid for a release of a prisoner. So there's a lot of things that are implied there. So if someone ransomed you, that means that you, at some point, you were a prisoner and we are, we are prisoners to our sin. We deserve to be in this jail that we've created for ourselves. But God said, you know what? I'm going to not only pay to get you out. I'm going to demand. It's going to be, I'm going to get you out. And I'm going to get you, even though you're a prisoner, I'm going to get you out. You know, I'm going to pay for you. Um, and you, you will be free. You know, you wouldn't do that for somebody who you don't care about. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that is something, I don't know. I just, I guess I sat and I just kind of chewed on that. Like out of all the words to use, ransomed. Like it wasn't a favor. It wasn't an IOU. It was, I'm going to pay to get you out of the sin, the prison of sin that you're in. He ransomed us. And that is a powerful word. You know, you see how we can read over something like that and we really, don't get the essence of it. What do you think, Melvin? I mean, for me, I, I think that it uh, 
you know, it, not only do I see the the value that God has in in us, and in just to be personal, the value that God saw in me, but uh, you know, it wasn't like He was ransoming, you know, paying a ransom for someone who was taken hostage or captured by someone. Mm. You know, uh, I was a prisoner to myself. Yeah, know, to my own decisions and my own. Um, you know, wickedness, mm. um, and, and even, you know, he, he saw value in me at my worst. And, uh, I think that scripture for me and just that thought for me is, you know, it's, it's really impactful because sometimes I can get into this feeling of, you know, almost like it's like more merit based or, yeah. you know, if I'm struggling with something, I could feel, you know, of less worth to God, you know what I mean? Um, and I think this, this scripture just kind of puts everything into perspective. Like, at not only did he rescue us, but he paid a price to rescue mm-hmm. us and, uh, at our worst. Yeah, and later on, later on in the um, passage, it says, down in verse 3, it says, I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. So, like, that's a nation. <laughs> that's a whole nation. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. So, like, even that, like, just to see that, like, it's like we he's gone through so many great lens for us. And to think of that, like, that just is like that all that solidifies that I am his. Like, you do that for your own. You do that for somebody that you feel like, this is my child. He, this That theme is laced throughout this whole passage. You know, something else. Another thing that I want to bring up, another verse. Uh, let's see here. It says, down in verse 4, it says, Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you were precious to me. You are honored and I love you. And I know when I read that part, like I literally stopped in my tracks and I started crying because I really felt like God was talking to me. And like I stated earlier, that is something. And and I know everybody may not, you know, struggle with this, but this is something that I have to be very intentional about. You know, sometimes I can get into reading scripture and not personal, not make it personal. You know, I, I just read it and it's like, this is nice, but does he mean this for me? And so when I read that scripture and I was like, God is talking to me. Like I literally broke down in tears and was like, thank you, God. Cause I really needed to read that, read that at that particular time. You know, I am precious to him. I am honored. I am loved. Wow. And you're doing this for somebody who's a prisoner because you paid a, a ransom. So that that's assuming and implying that I'm a prisoner. So I just, I don't know. I'm just overwhelmed with gratefulness for that, you know. And um, I remember writing that down and just thanking God for that. Um, one more thing I want to mention, too, is... Um, one last thing before we close out. And again, this is part one of this particular uh, quiet time series. 
we're going to continue to go because I have two other points that I'm going to talk about. But this first point, going to that first point, he is mine and I am his. Um, if you, one of the things that I like to do is right now I'm really loving the NLT translation, but I use all the translations. I got them all on my phone and I actually got a couple of Bibles that are different translations. I got a ESV, a NIV, a NLT. I think I even got an Amplified. Um, I like to cross-reference scriptures to get a more fuller feel of it. And um, as I was reading um, this passage, I read this exact same passage in like four other translations. And let's see here, where did it say it? Okay, in verse three, it says, for I am your Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And I'm gonna show you how reading in other translations can help you get a more fuller personal view. I typically, try not to use the message translation um as my primary translation it's kind of like a a add-on for me because they can kind of paraphrase in the message a little bit too much and you can really lose what the true meaning of the scripture is but as i was reading through through the message because after i read the nlt i went and read in the message that particular scripture how it is read in the message is because i am god your personal God. And the word personal is what I underlined because I don't know how many times I have read in the Bible, you know, I'm your God, I'm your Lord, your God, I'm your Lord, your God over and over again. And you can, you know, when you see it so many times, you can read over it. It's just routine. But something about me reading it this way, because I am God, your personal God, I was like, Godly God, you are, you are mine and I am yours. And, um, it answered my question. This is personally for me, you know, um, anything you want to weigh in Melvin? Yeah. Just on, on that point, you know, I think we can sometimes even saying, you know, like you said, when you, when I, I really like that translation first off, but, um, we can, sometimes look at that as, as kind of generic, you know, my God, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's almost like a slang term. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but so you put, you pair both of these points together, right? Um, the fact that people have been ransomed, uh, people have been, uh, given for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just to touch back on that point. Um, I think that's like, it's cyclical, you know? So, not just people, you know, bad people weren't just given for us, but this, there's a scripture that says, you know, um, it talks about the lineage of Jesus and it talks about all the things that had to happen. So all these stories that we read about in the Bible, all the way up through Jesus, you know, all of the sufferings and uh, whatever that that all of these pillars of, of the church have gone through, even up to our present time, you know sufferings that people have gone through religious persecutions all of these things that have happened throughout history were done specifically because god wanted to have a unique relationship with me Mm -hmm. to double on that though there are things that i go through every day things that i that happen to me that um good things bad things whatever 
but all of those things as well are still preparing are, are being done for someone else's relationship mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i think that's the way that it, it has to be if these things never change it's always the same so i'm being given i'm going through things for someone else's benefit down the road uh if and it's up to me what part i choose to play in that and so it's almost like doubling down on the fact that like god not only did all these things for me to have a relationship with him but he also gives me the opportunity so when i'm going through things at any given point in time i don't ever have to feel like i'm going through life for no reason right i'm going through life for a purpose no matter how good or how bad the situation may be i know that all of these things are happening for a higher cause and a higher purpose um and i just have to make that decision to to look at you know i never suffer or or smile for nothing i don't know maybe it's a reach but I don't know. I kind of like to think about those things because sometimes I can struggle with just feeling. Uh, I have I've had I've struggled before with just kind of feel like I'm floating through life. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, it helps me to to really make this connection of the Bible being living and active, like the same things that were happening back then for a purpose are happening now for for that same purpose. But um, yeah, and it also really does just help me to see how personal God is, how personal, uh, during service, uh, he, um, he said, uh, oh yeah, on Sunday you weren't there. Um, he made a, a point. He said, no one can worship God like you. Oh yeah. Ooh, um, and I meant to tell you that I meant to tell you to listen back at the, the mm. service, but, uh, Todd said, no one can worship God like you. And that, I mean, it just threw me back. You know what I mean? Can nobody, no one can do what I, no one brings to the table what I bring for God. Mm. Um, the billions of people in the world, yeah. I am unique in that, which is why he sacrificed and gave all those things because I'm valuable. But, um, yeah. You know, you were talking about, let me give you a scripture that was also in this same exact passage in uh, verse Verse seven, it says, bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. That's the NLT version. But let me read a little bit in the message version. It says, um, return my sons from distant lands, my daughters from faraway places. I want them back. Every last one who bears my name, every man, woman and child whom I created for my glory. Yes, personally formed and made each one. And, you know, you had made, you had made a point about what we've been created for. And, you know, we, it, this says here that we've been made for his glory. And then when you were talking about, you know, only we can worship God the way that we can, like, it's all about his master plan. And it's like, I think at times, like when I think about it and how like divinely aligned that is, it's like, it's overwhelming, you know, in a positive way. But, um, I don't know. It's just like, even just in this passage, it's like, God, I thought this particular passage and why I wanted to share this one particularly, it's like, it's almost like it answered all my questions, you know, God, 
why do you love me? Why me? You know, what do you want from me? You know, and it's almost like this passage answered every question. Like, I still don't understand why he would ransom someone like me, but, and why he would want someone like me, you know, but he does, you know, and that throws me into like utter gratefulness. But anyways, don't want to ramble or anything like that. I think it's a great, great passage. And again, I encourage you all to read it. Um, it, again, it's Isaiah chapter 43 verses one through 13. We were coming from the NLT translation, but definitely tried in other translations. Um, you know, the ones that I particularly used for this, when I was doing my study, I used NIV, of course, NLT, ESV, Amplified, and I used Message as well. Um, and I might've used the good news uh, Bible translation as well. Um, but anywho, guys, um, thank y'all for tuning in. And again, we're going to come back with two more points. And, uh, this is just the first part of our quiet time series. And this is Kim here and my wingman, my husband, Melvin, and you have just listened to the soul sense podcast. Thank you.